Welcome back to Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr. Jeff, and that's me, Dr. Jeff, from the Children's Hospital at Westmead here in Sydney, Australia. Today I want to talk about uh, two particular tests that we often do in childhood cancer treatment, and they're tests of the heart. And the reason I'm talking about this is because you might be wondering, well, why does my child need heart tests done, right? The child might have leukemia or tumour in the leg, and all of a sudden the doctors are talking about testing the heart. So I'm just going to explain why we're doing these heart tests. And in particular, I'm talking about two different sorts of tests. The first one is called an echocardiogram, which is like an ultrasound of the heart. And the second one's called an ECG, or sometimes an EKG. That's the one, you know, where they put wires on your chest and on your hands and feet and measure the electrical activity of the heart. So the echocardiogram is the one I'll talk about first. So like I said, an echocardiogram is basically an ultrasound of the heart. So you know... Uh, when women are pregnant, they have an ultrasound sometimes and that's the one where you can see the little baby there and you can see if it's a boy or a girl and you can see if there's anything wrong with the baby and all that sort of thing. Well, that's an ultrasound. An echocardiogram uses a different sort of machine, but essentially it's doing the same thing. It's doing an ultrasound to look at the heart. But these ultrasounds of the heart, this echocardiogram, is normally done by the cardiology team. So instead of going to the x-ray department where you go for most ultrasounds, you go to the cardiology team, you know, the heart doctors, and they're the ones that normally do the echocardiograms. The sonographer and the doctors in cardiology, they're the ones that do these tests. And so to have an echocardiogram, basically uh, you lie there on your back and they put some jelly on the front of your chest, and then they put this little probe thing on the chest, and that beams the ultrasound into the heart, and then the ultrasound waves get bounced back at it, and the machine gives you nice pictures of the heart. And so it's not at all painful, and so we don't normally need, you know, anaesthetics or anything like that. Now, you know what kids are like. A lot of them don't like having any sorts of tests or being looked at by doctors, and, you know, I suppose this... Some people that don't like bearing their chest and and so on to have these tests done, but it's a painless procedure. Now, most of the time when we're doing this echocardiogram in children on chemotherapy, it's to check that the chemotherapy isn't doing something bad to the heart. That's why we're mostly doing them. But if you're a cardiologist, particularly a paediatric cardiologist, you know, a heart doctor for children, Well, the echocardiogram is one of your most important tests. This is the one they can do to look for a hole in the heart. You know, you've heard of children having a hole in the heart when they were born uh, or some other malformation of the heart, missing parts, valves that don't work, all sorts of abnormalities. Well, that's how they look at these most of the time up in cardiology. So echocardiograms are very sophisticated tests, very skillful tests to look for all sorts of abnormalities in the shape and size and function of the heart. 
But in children on chemotherapy, most of the time the reason for doing this echocardiogram is just to look at the muscle function of the heart. So is it beating properly, contracting properly, squeezing out blood properly? Normally it's not a sophisticated test to look for obscure defects in the heart. It's looking at the function of the heart. And the main reason we need to do this test is if we're using a particular group of drugs called the anthracycline chemotherapy drugs, the anthracyclines. And the anthracycline drugs include dornorubicin, doxorubicin, idorubicin, epirubicin, and mitoxantrone. And there's probably a few others. So they're a particular group of chemotherapy drugs. Most of them are red in colour. Mitoxantrone is blue in colour. But these particular drugs are used in treatment of leukaemia often. They're often used in the treatment of bone tumours. They're often used in neuroblastoma. And they're used in various other situations. But they're the main ones. Leukaemia, bone tumours, neuroblastoma, Wilms tumour sometimes and a few other situations. They're the sort of conditions where these drugs typically are going to be used. The problem with these drugs is that if you give more and more doses of them, and so you end up with a high, what you call, cumulative total dose of the drugs, well, that can weaken the heart muscle. And so we usually have rules about not going beyond a certain number of doses of these drugs, because after you get get to higher and higher doses, then that risk of causing uh, impairment of heart function can develop. And by the way, it can be a problem that develops 10 years later or 20 or probably 30 years later. So we've got to be careful with these drugs. And so anybody who's going to have one of these drugs will normally get an echocardiogram done right at the very start before we give the drugs, just to check that they've got a normal heart to start with. Now, almost always we find that the child does have a normal heart to start with. But, you know, there's the occasional child who had some underlying abnormality of the heart that no one knew about and probably nothing to do with the cancer, but they just had some abnormality in the heart. But anyway, we do it at the very start so that we can document that the child has a normal heart to start with and then we've got something to compare it to later on if we do an echocardiogram later on in treatment. So typically we'll do this echocardiogram test at the start of treatment before we give the first dose of dornorubicin or doxorubicin or whatever it is. And then we'll get on to the chemotherapy and after a certain number of doses of these drugs, these red drugs, doxorubicin, dornorubicin, well then we'd plan to do another echocardiogram before we kept giving still more doses. So usually there'll be some sort of protocol there to to check the echocardiogram after a certain number of doses and then to keep checking it after a few more doses and a few more doses. And then eventually we normally get to the sort of total amount that we're planning to give and then uh, we'll do echocardiograms later on in follow-up. And when we do these echocardiograms monitoring the use of doxorubicin and dornorubicin, well, the first one might be the sophisticated one that checks all the valves and all the other structures of the heart in detail, like a full-on echocardiogram. But really, as we go on with treatment, the main thing we want to see is what's the left ventricular function like. The left ventricle, that's the main pumping part of the heart. 
we want to see what is the function of this left ventricle like. And so usually they'll produce some sort of number that measures the fractional shortening of the left ventricle, the left ventricular fractional shortening. And that's sort of, you know, how much do the muscle fibres in the heart decrease in size as they contract. So you might see a fractional shortening figure of 32% or 35% or something like that. So that'll be the sort of typical number that gets generated to look at. And then when we do an echocardiogram uh, after a few doses of these drugs, well, we'll say, what's the fractional shortening now? And if we see the fractional shortening changing a lot, so suppose it was 35%, well, after treatment, suppose we see it's dropped to 25%, well, that would be a reason for concern and we're having a closer look at things and just checking, well, are these drugs doing some damage to the heart and it might be a reason why you can't give them anymore or it might be a reason why you repeat the test or do a more sophisticated test of some sort. So that's the main figure that we get reported, this fractional shortening figure. Another one that sometimes gets used is the left ventricular ejection fraction. So that's saying of all the blood that's in the heart, every time it squirts and squeezes blood out of it, what percent of the blood gets squeezed out of the heart? That's the ejection fraction. And that also will be a percentage figure. At our hospital, it's more often the fractional shortening that gets reported, but the ejection fraction is sometimes used in other units. And again, if the ejection fraction decreases as we give chemotherapy, well, we've got to have a closer look at things and see whether it's safe to keep giving these drugs. So that's the main reason why we're doing echocardiograms. And we're sending patients for lots of echocardiograms week after week. There's, there's always oncology patients going up to the cardiology department to have this echocardiogram performed. It's a bit of a pain in the neck. One more test we have to do. But these are really effective drugs for certain cancers and we can't really do without them at the moment. So we have to uh, go through all this monitoring of cardiac function. Now, there's other times in the treatment of childhood cancer that we can end up doing an echocardiogram. Uh, for instance, if we thought someone had a bloodstream infection, some bacteria in the blood, well, sometimes if we are really having trouble eradicating the bacteria from the blood, we might do an echocardiogram to see if the bacteria has settled on the valves of the heart, for instance, causing an infection on the valves of the heart. That's called endocarditis. And every now and then we have to do an echocardiogram looking for this. We don't often see it, but, but I've certainly seen it a few times. So that would be looking for infection in the heart. And then there's all sorts of other situations where there's some concern about whether the heart is functioning properly or beating properly or, you know, in all sorts of situations, particularly in patients who have become critically ill or dangerously sick. So there's various other situations where we might do an echocardiogram just to check what is the heart function like. So that's echocardiograms. And again, pretty sophisticated test and normally done by the cardiology doctors and the cardiology sonographers and uh, very specialised test. The second sort of heart test I want to talk about today is the ECG, the electrocardiogram which in America sometimes they call an EKG, and I've never quite been clear why, but anyway, ECG or EKG, electrocardiogram. And this is one you've probably seen on TV, you know, when people are hooked up to monitors and that little thing's going along going beep, 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 you know, 
That's showing the electrical activity of the heart. See, the heart has this internal electrical system within it so that the right part of the heart beats and then the next part beats and then the next part beats and so it works like an efficient pump. And all of these electrical signals that are transmitted from one part of the heart to the next, well, you can actually detect them and measure them with an ECG machine. So that's what an ECG normally does. And so it involves putting wires across the chest. Normally there's six little suction cups that are put on the chest and then one put on each wrist and on each foot. And all of those wires are just hooked up to the ECG machine and then the machine takes its recording. So there's no electric shocks or anything going through the wires back to the patient. It's purely measuring the electrical activity of the heart that can be measured in the hands and the feet and on the chest, and then an ECG gets printed out. And ECGs are done all the time in adults, you know, looking for heart attacks. If someone has a heart attack, well, you know, there's a different shape to that cardiac waveform and Adult physicians spend years and years fine-tuning their expertise in analysing ECGs, looking for heart attacks and all sorts of other abnormalities. Now, in paediatric oncology, in childhood cancer treatment, the main reason we're doing ECGs these days is to look for some particular abnormalities in the shape of that waveform that can lead to problems with certain drugs. So in particular, there's this thing called the QT interval. See, the wave starts with a P wave, then there's a Q wave, an R wave, S wave, T wave. That's the shape of that little blippy thing you see on the ECG monitor. Well, the distance between the Q wave and the T wave gets measured in milliseconds, and that's the QT interval. Certain people have a QT interval that is too long or too short, and those patients are a bit more prone to certain rhythm disturbances of the heart if you give certain chemotherapy drugs. So this doesn't apply to many of the standard chemotherapy drugs, but some of the newer drugs that have come out, these targeted agents for treating cancer, some of them can affect this QT interval. And then if you affect the QT interval, well, then you can get abnormal rhythms of the heart. So most of the time when we do an ECG, it's to check that the patient just has a normal pattern of this uh, QRST complex, a normal waveform from the heart contractions so that we know it's safe to give these drugs. There's other times we do ECGs, of course. Patients that are having some abnormal rhythm of the heart, for instance, might have one. Sometimes the bone marrow transplant team do one to check that their chemotherapy isn't affecting the heart. But really, it's a pretty basic test. It can be quite sophisticated to analyse the test, but to go and have an ECG is a pretty basic, easy test. Again, some kids don't like having wires stuck on them and being told to lie still, so they can all carry on sometimes. But, But it's completely painless and it shouldn't be particularly distressing. And we're doing them, you know, pretty frequently. So anyway, they're the two main heart tests that we do in, while we're treating children with cancer. We do the echocardiogram mostly to monitor that our drugs aren't weakening the heart muscle, and that's particularly with doxorubicin, dornorubicin, mitoxantrone, and a few others. And there's the ECG, the electrocardiogram, and that's the one that we do to look at the QT interval in particular and in certain other situations. 
Neither test is painful or particularly distressing, but, you know, children carry on sometimes and, you know, some patients don't particularly like to have to bear their chest to the doctors and the other staff, but they're really very vital tests as we treat children with cancer. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr. Jeff, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye now. Thank you.